3: but the punt comes right to Pedersen who tries a bank pass for Besser
2: in with a shot, he scores! moment's notice.
0: You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, the reporter here, like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks.
1: A member of the Nation Network podcasts and delivered by DoorDash.
0: Just wave the
3: guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and balanced it. Wow. Really? We should do a radio show sure together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now.
2: What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! <laughs>
0: Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. let me help.
3: Hello, Canucks fans, and live. From training camp out here in Abbotsford, welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation Podcast presented by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. Use our promo code, Hockey Season, for $5 off your order, free shipping across Canada from Abbotsford to Ontario. That's how far it goes across. Excellent! You can go get your uh, get your deal there. Hockey season also delivered by the great folks at DoorDash. Use promo code Combo for your first time order. Twenty five percent off, free shipping, all that jazz. Let's get to it. We're at training
1: camp. Harmon Dials joining us. Harm, how you doing, man? Doing great. Great to uh, be in a building where there are some fans around. It's been a long time since we've seen that. And and who Quads? else here?
3: Okay, let me bring you in here for a second. And Quads, what'd you <laughs> think of uh, even driving up
0: here and seeing people walking around with jerseys on the way in on the street? It was cool. It was cool, man. And we met uh, met some Twitter people, which yeah. was fun. Ran into um, Parker Glenn. Up, Parker Glenn. Yeah, met Pucker talked Glenn, to him for a while. Nice guy. Um, yeah, we we had a lot of fun so far. It's it's been good seeing fans back in a rink and Francesco aquilini taking in the sights and sounds among the fans today man of the people we didn't run into him, but we you know we spoke oh, before but
3: uh, you know we already had our first set of meeting for people yes. who don't know right now they are cleaning the ice kind of the halfway point uh, of group two going on and, and I guess I can kind of check in because we're gonna start by diving into group a I think there was a lot to talk about from that first group harm I think that you saw you were on the other side of the rink we were on uh, this side you were on the, the opposite side of the fans and I think we all kind of saw the same thing with a lot of good things out of uh, Lockwood, Will Lockwood, looking good. Coach was calling his name, Willie, quite a bit. Uh, what did you think of Will Lockwood right off the bat?
1: Yeah, he was buzzing out there, and that's kind of been something of a staple now for Lockwood. I guess is, I mean, I even remember at um, at la- at uh, last season's camp in January, and at that point he had just it was his first NHL training camp because he had just signed his contract, and the impression that you kind of had from talking to people was, okay, this guy's probably going to be a long-term project. And he came into camp and at that camp he impressed and he didn't look out of place at all. And that was my first, like, wow, he's had a really good camp. Followed it up with a really good AHL season and, you know, I talked to someone who um, followed the comments really closely behind the scenes, works works in the game. And, and they said, you know, among Utica's kind of young guys, like Lockwood was definitely like he looks close to being in the NHL. And now to see him at camp and now there's actually a legit opportunity, especially if Mott's out to, uh, out for the start of the season. Yeah. To see him come in and kind of land the impression that he has. just We saw the shot. He had a good goal um, in in one of the drills and just in in a lot of these kind of drills just being just buzzing around the pocket and, and being actively engaged. Um, I think it was, uh, you know, it's obviously first day of camp, so um, we haven't well, seen scrimmages or anything like that. have to into it, though. I mean, yeah. like, you know,
3: right off the, I think that there was a lot that kind of showed, even just in, you know, the final conditioning drill, seeing how far yeah. ahead he was compared to everyone else. By far uh, the fastest skater in a lot of those conditioning drills. But you mentioned it. The shot and the skating, I think, were two things that stuck out. Quads, you, you saw some good stuff out of Lockwood as well. Out of that first group, was he the guy who kind of stuck out the most for you or someone else?
0: No, I think I think it was Lockwood. And, you know, Harmon kind of alluded to it earlier. But with these guys that are missing, you kind of hope that a guy like Lockwood can really, you know, seize the opportunity that's in front of him. Because just so people are aware, Justin Bailey's not here. Brandon Sutter's not here. Uh, Tyler Mott's not here. Tyler Mott's probably going to start the season or not be able to start the season. We're not exactly sure just yet how long his timeline is. But man, like there's a lot of guys missing from this camp. And obviously the two big ones, Elias Pedersen and Quinn Hughes, and it kind of changes the whole dynamic. Like, you know, in past years, not in pandemic years, but in past years, like in the Victoria training camp, we saw a distinct group A with NHL talent and then a group B and a C with the AHL and the prospects. That's not what we're seeing here. Like Connor Garland and JT Miller were both in group B. Like we're seeing a mix of both. And honestly, I think that kind of, that's partly because they're missing these guys. Like, they're missing their two big guys, and even Tyler Mott. Like, yeah. when you're missing this many guys, you, you want to mix it up. Hey, another name that stuck
3: out to me. And first, quads. before I go any further, you got the cans on. How does the how's the Zamboni in the background sound?
0: People can hear it. It's it's faint because of the mics that's and just, the roadcast. That's just good quality stuff. That
3: reminds me of an old uh, Botch j episode. It's not good quality stuff. It's not good quality no. stuff? Well, it miss- sounds,
0: it'll sound a lot cooler when guys are out there yelling and like shooting pucks, which they will be shortly. Uh, they just went off the ice, and the Zamboni's just quickly flooding the ice. But uh, we apologize for the Zamboni's. Oh, it sounds bad. It, so- it sounds like there's like it sounds like we're recording on the side of a highway i'm that's the only great. for those that about? don't know i'm the only one that's wearing headphones Harmon and chris are just sitting here they all they can hear is the zamboni i'm the only one say, that can hear he's everything got
3: another he's got a good five more minutes at least <laughs> out there too so sorry about that hey harm want to get your opinion on this one because I, I i looked at quads at one point during the skate and i said you know nick patan's gonna play top six minutes in the preseason like what yeah. did you think about seeing the opportunity for him going out there in that first group i believe he was between huglander and besser if i'm correct, yeah
1: and that was interesting to me because and maybe and maybe i'm not on the right you know uh, track on this one maybe green it, it would have been different but my initial thought was if you're going to like if you expect um you know pd and obviously he used to be back relatively soon and 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 here's the thing, typically with Travis Green in, in his day one lines, they're usually pretty close to what he'll actually want to roll with. So the fact that Miller wasn't playing wing um on the uh you know on, on the on, on that line was interesting to me. Like I, I, I figured it might go um Miller and then just have Patan as a placeholder there, and then Besser. So the fact that Hoaglander is bumping Hulk uh, Lunders bumped up. For starters, that makes me curious about if Green was potentially, like, if this was a regular camp, or not a regular camp, if Pedersen had signed, would we have seen Miller uh, uh, at center, potentially? So that's yeah. that's an interesting thing that I've thought about uh, there, and yeah, I mean, with Pedersen out, Patan is, like, you look at, um, in, in Vancouver's top nine depth is, is is obviously, like, it's shaping up really nicely, but I think this goes to show you that when one guy's out and you look at your other candidates, there isn't a natural fit to kind of step up into the lineup in in terms of like a skill role. And I think that's where Patan kind of distinguishes himself, um, where he does have some of the more offensive attributes as opposed to, I mean, especially because Pedersen's a a center. Um, So, yeah, I mean, this is is a great opportunity for Patan to... Patan to show something and you know obviously I think his best attribute is definitely his passing ability and so I don't think drills like these are really going to be able to showcase it but I mean this is um this is a hell of a look for him yeah I mean the best
3: opportunity Nick Patan could ask for is playing between Hugliner and Brock Besser I did I found it kind of interesting as well seeing that it looked like they were going to line up Miller at center that's kind of what they have but the other thing that I've kind of noticed throughout this and quads you can dive in on this one here but like it seems like pairs are what they're going with. I mean, we've seen, I guess, the big pair, like Patan wasn't the pair. Yeah. It was more Besser to be with uh, Hoglander. Then you look at the other lines up that had they had Horvat and Pearson playing together a ton. And then I guess the final one was kind of like looking on the second group now. Quickly, we've seen JT Miller with the silly pod. Colson is kind of the pair that I've seen there. Uh, and then as well on the second pairing, I guess, I guess from the second group, the other one might be like it's kind of hard. Dickinson has been kind of with Chase on a little bit. Is there another name that you've kind of seen Dickinson tied to? Because it looks like in the second group, Miller and Pod Cole's, and they've they've been doing a lot of, like a lot of drills together so far. Garland kind of hopping in there as well. That's been an interesting line to see put together at camp.
1: Yeah, and it's so tough because again, with Pedersen out, um, you kind of have to like. There's a lot of guesswork in, involved. Um So I mean, yeah, that's that's one of those things where. I just wish we had like Pedersen at camp. And that's one of the things like coming into it, like the day or two before I was thinking like, man, there's so many potential top nine combinations, but you can't really experiment as much with it when you don't have your number one center. Yeah. So and it's
3: not like you can just throw a random name in there, but we are kind of seeing that with Dan. Yeah. Like, I wonder if that would have been a line that Travis green would have explored quads. maybe it's like to see Huglinder up there with Besser. And Patan, if Peterson's here, do you think he's in that spot no. with Hugliner and Besser? No, I don't think so. I ugh. honestly, making, I think we're Miller seeing a different a center, group. though. Is yeah. is a very different move for him. Yes. And putting him with Pod Colson is like an interesting thing that Harm kind of floated last week or last time he was on the show. You brought up, you know, if if Dickinson plays up and plays the wing, then maybe you do see a situation where Miller is a third line center. Just the initial look well, at it from day one at camp. I know you don't want to. Here's take no. It here's too,
0: well. Here's my deep. question for you is. Is Travis Green putting Miller at center? Because he's maybe thinking he might have start the season without Elias Pettersson. And if you are playing Miller at the wing all camp and you're saying, oh, here's our placeholder for Elias Petterson, But Elias Petterson's not here on opening night. You just had an entire training camp and preseason where JT, Miller's, point. JT Miller's been playing the wing. And then you tell him he's to play center and play top six minutes in NHL games.
3: I don't think so. What if it's the opposite, though? What if Pedersen comes back right at the end of preseason and Miller's been playing? I think we've seen the Miller whole go time, back to wing. But it would flip the lines quite a bit too. Maybe, you know, it's day one. We haven't seen a yeah, time yet. Exactly. But I think the interesting thing was to see Pod Colson play with Miller. And we'll get into Pod Colson a little bit here because listen, I've been trying to take videos, get them out to the people. We'll get into some of the videos uh in a minute here. But looks like it looks like Pod Colson is, you know, just kind of doing average right now, not really blowing us away like I saw at training camp. But Harm, I know you wanted to to bring up Pod Colson's shot a little bit.
1: Yeah, and this is kind of just an interesting observation I've had where I think in in dissecting Pod Colson's game aside from, I think... Some of the skating elements and, and the fact that he has some, some things in his technique and his first, you know, step or so to, to clean up. Um, one of the other things that's been fascinating is the whole narrative of he creates a ton of scoring chances, but a lot of times because of his line mates and even ind- individually it doesn't bury him. And so his overall, overall finishing, I think, in, in having conversations with people has typically come up as, Hey, he needs to improve that. And so my initial thought before i had really seen him at, at camp and in, in person was, Okay, like his shot probably like needs to improve quite a bit. And in terms of strength and power and just having a little bit more oomph Snap behind it. it yeah. yeah, and it was fascinating because, you know, I talked to an NHL scout uh, before the season followed Pod Colson very closely. And, you know, he had said Pod Colson is a good shot. He just needs to be encouraged to use it more and he needs to improve the accuracy. And I was kind of that didn't really align with what I'd heard from other people, but now seeing him in person and, you know, Quads, uh, you posted the the clip of him going bar down and, you know, we even saw the clips of him at UBC. I think there's definitely a decent amount of pep behind the shot yeah. is what I'm kind of realizing. And then it may just be, yeah, he needs to be encouraged to use it more and... um and, and and the accuracy and and as well, there's there are other elements of shooting as well in terms of like being able to create angles and, and deceive goalies. But at least the power element is yes. is has been a, a pleasant surprise for me.
0: I think the one thing that when I watch Pud Coles and shoot that I'd like to see is just a bit more of a deceptive release. Exactly. Like he really yeah. has to lean into it and that's great. Like he gets a ton of power. Like somebody replied to the tweet I posted of the video. They're like, my goodness, like his wrist shot is harder than like some NHL slap shots. And yeah, like the power behind that shot is legit. He has real potential to have, you know, to become like a sharpshooter in the NHL. And I'd really like to see him again more more of a deceptive release i I think that's the only thing that i like really look at yeah and and, like i feel like
1: power is i mean i don't i don't know this but um i feel like you can't teach power as much um and and there's no doubt like he's he's gonna have to still work on a shot quite a bit in terms of like practical nhl real world situations The finishing still is an area that needs to improve but yeah i just found it interesting that there is there's some power there I think that's the thing that a lot of people question about the shot was because we didn't see it
3: so much in the KHL. Literally, there was not a lot of opportunities for him to even get into positions to shoot. So much dump and chase that when you get him into this type of drill, when you do get to start to see some of the shots... I mean, he's like you're you mentioned it. The power is no problem at all. And the accuracy seems to be pretty good as well. I mean, for some reason, I've just noticed this through the first day of rookie camp and through this first half of his skate. Mikey DiPietro just like knows where Pod Colson shots going. It feels like like Pietro's glove has just been Pod Colson's kryptonite through the first like two weeks here. So I'm hoping that, you know, Pod Colson kind of solve that. But. I tell you, just watching some of these quick rushes where you see a line put together, I'm liking a lot from what I'm seeing from Connor Garland, who's playing on that line with Miller and Pod Colson. Just the way that Garland uses his body. like He doesn't have a big body, but it's it's almost just like you know, he's shoving his ass out there like to gain so much space. Garland's so And that's so something shifty. that it, he just gets... You know he gets in line with the defender, and then it's like he just turns his ass into the guy and starts using that to
0: yeah. to really set up space. I've I like to just find out watching Garland so far. Really deceptive edge work, really shifty forward. Like you can see right away that this guy's going to be somebody that you know is able to be an impact player for this team. I want to touch on the pairings a little bit.
3: We've gotten a little taste. Uh, no shocker, I don't think seeing OEL play with Pullman in the first group that wasn't yeah. really anything that shocked us. And then we saw Brad Hunt. Sorry, who was Brad Hunt paired up with again? He was playing with... uh, Or Bowie. Bowie. Yeah, it it was was Bowie. Bowie. And we were kind of thinking Hunt, Bowie. That might look like your top line out here in Abbotsford. Yeah. Uh, But OEL, Pullman. I mean, it's hard to really judge a lot from here. But Quads, what did you think? Just seeing that pairing put together. It's kind of what we expected to see.
0: Yeah, we expected to be the Canucks shutdown pairing. The go-to pairing that they have. And, you know, like we've always thrown out those ideas of you know, combinations. And often we say Travis Hammonick and Quinn Hughes. Well, those two guys aren't here. So it makes even more sense that we'd see Pullman and OEL together and not like, you know, like I know we floated out the idea of, Oh, maybe Pullman will play with Hughes or Rathbone. But again, with Hughes and Hammonick not here again, Travis Hamanick missing today with a personal matter. Uh, was what we were told by Canucks PR. Um, it makes sense that we're seeing Pullman and OEL together. And Harm,
3: for you, what's your read on seeing Hunt and Bowie together? Because to me, like, you know what, it seems like everyone forgot about Madison Bowie, but I think he's going to be a guy who's going to be a top-line guy in the AHL for them, a top potential top-pairing player. What do you get a read off of seeing Hunt and Bowie together?
1: Uh, I don't, There's not... M- like Okay, so my thought process in terms of the left-side defenders is kind of... You know, when you looked at, um, Ulevi Myers, first of all, like that, that wasn't a surprise because we'd seen that combination in NHL games last year. And, you know, I think Rathbone has a better shot at making the team than Ulevi, but Ulevi's got the year under his belt. He's, he's older, a little bit more mature. And, and as a rookie, you kind of have to like earn it. So it wasn't too surprising to see Rathbone with Shen, um, especially because that's a cool little stylistic fit for, for there in terms of the da- dynamic partner and kind of the stay at home guy. And then for Hunt, he is, an NHL caliber um, defenseman for sure. And, and I think if there was, you know, one spot, you know, one one difference that I thought, you know, maybe could have happened was if you had flipped Hunt and Ulevi because of Hunt's experience. But barring that, I mean, it, it's not too surprising to see him together. And, and I think with Bowie in particular, I don't know if he really has, and, and we'll see kind of how things unfold, but um, like Bowie's definitely NHL bound.
3: Yeah, I think Bowie is for sure. Do you think that, is that sort of anything to read off of Hunt there? Like you brought up that, you know, it looks like Rathbone likely has the inside track to make the NHL. You think with, with the low salary cap of your know, Levy and I guess the, the disregard for, for Jim Benning to want to send him down, like, Quads, do you get the read that Hunt is going to be the guy who get, ends up getting sent down to the AHL and it ends up being Yalevi or Rathbone really just being the seventh defenseman? I thought Hunt
0: was hustling today. Like, Hunt was, was playing the body. He was impressive. And, you know, who wasn't super impressive? I'm not, I'm not trying to crap on the guy. I'm not trying to say he was bad. But Yalevi didn't stand out like Hunt did, right? And here's the thing about Brad Hunt is, like, we were talking about this. Like, he, he doesn't play in the AHL. Like, Brad Hunt has been an NHL defenseman for his whole career. Oli levy has not been an NHL defenseman. I know he's young. I know he still has, you know, hopefully still has room to grow. But if you're asking me just which of these two guys I would rather have on our NHL roster, it's Brad Hunt for sure. And that's just not just from today. That's like what I would have told you before. And until I see some great improvement from you, Levy, I think that's the opinion that I'm going to keep. The
3: only thing to me is, though, like the easiest contract to send down is Brad Hunt, I don't think it gets picked up, but I don't think they want to send their fifth overall pick down. And I know that, you know, Drance has kind of talked about this, and you guys wrote about it, the Athletic a lot. If you send Rathbone down and call him back up, a lot more on the cap hit unless you keep Rathbone up all season just to see if he hits his bonuses. So, Harm, do you see it kind of playing out like Hunt is the guy who ends up getting sent down? Or do you think they take a risk with Yo Levy here? Uh,
1: well, I think that that's what camp and i think preseason is going to going to be huge for um i mean definitely i, I still think I, I don't think they're going into this with the mindset with a predetermined plan um i think definitely they would prefer if wrathbone if when if when they submit opening night rosters that wrathbone's on it for cap purposes maybe they send him down after uh, after um but Definitely, I don't think they want to be in a situation where, where they send him down bef- before submitting the rosters, and and then they might have to call him back later, and then all of his bonuses kick in and and his cap hit climbs. Um, and so like there's that element, and so really, I think Yulevi versus Hunt is gonna is going to be the battle, and yeah. it just we'll just have to see how the how how it plays out through um the the rest of the couple of days and through preseason.
0: It's day one. Who are you giving the edge to? I'm saying I mean, Brad Hunt. We've only firmly. seen
1: half a practice of Yo Levy. Here. That's true. We haven't yeah, seen the second half.
3: half. I think the second half of the practice is going to be a lot more. Yeah. You know, the first half was a little bit slow. The second half cranked up for the first group. So I think yeah. we're going to see a similar thing here. But I mean, you know, I'm about to be getting a ton of video of it here when they get going. Yeah. I, I need to see Yo Levy defend the rush. Yeah. Like, that's what you need. to. That's what you're watching here this whole time. Um. Quick thoughts on OEL. Uh the video I posted already yeah. over thirty thousand views. That thing blew up pretty fast. Two hundred retweets on OEL being that far behind in conditioning. Is this something at all? Uh Harm, we'll start with you. Anything from the uh how far OEL was behind in the skate?
1: Yeah, it's it was interesting because how many rounds of the bag skate did they do? Four or five? Yeah, yeah something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah. And so for the first like it's it's important that we view it in context, right? That was the last round, and so it's important that like I think a lot of people could look at that and say, "Wow, he came in came came into camp like completely out of shape, like no, that's not quite it yeah he exactly. uh he was keeping pace for like he for the entire like first three or four rounds um and it wasn't just he was keeping pace like he wasn't just dis, like dis, distinguishably lagging at all, um, it was just the last one where he kind of ran out <laughs> of gas. Yeah, quite a yeah. bit. and so from there, I mean, it's it's tough to read into how much that 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 means. Um, I mean, sure, definitely, I think with OEL, his his skating and his overall conditioning, it's one thing when you watch some of the tape of him in Arizona. I was a little bit surprised that he didn't have more separation and more dynamic ability. So that maybe that's just a part of his game that we're going to have to accept in terms of he may not be the dynamic, explosive skater he was in his prime. And it may ultimately mean that uh, he has to kind of, over the years, kind of evolve um, in a similar, similar way, way as, as Edler. Edler. Yeah. Uh, But, I mean, personally, I don't read a ton into that because, again, like, he was fine for most of the rounds. It was just the last one where it was a little... Dogged.
0: Yeah, like what I'm saying here is, it's not like like if Jake were here, <laughs> that would be the story, right? Is is oh well, look how much further behind Jake was. Like this wouldn't even be a story, you know what I mean? And like I feel like we need somebody. Like somebody has to be last, and Oel today was the guy that was last. Again, I cut him a little slack because this is his first Travis Green training camp. Yeah, right. Like I mean, a lot of these guys know what to expect. He was told what to expect, but until you actually do it. I have a little bit of sympathy for OEL here. And I think the the guy that stuck out for that in a positive way, we we touched on him a little earlier,
3: but like how how far ahead Will Lockwood was there was it's unbelievable. Nuts. He yeah. was you know he was finishing before the rest of the players were even close to the blue line. It, like he was flying and putting in a lot of effort.
1: It was Elias Pettersson in twenty nineteen in yes. Victoria esque, where like Petterson just put on that show and I still I still think nothing can top what Pedersen did at, at that nineteen camp where it was just that F attitude of I'm gonna lead I'm gonna lead this team. Um this was kind of Lockwood's I think like statement of hey, I'm here to make the team.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, hey, we'll take a quick break here. Um on the other side, quads, I'm gonna open the door for you, man. You can talk goalies a little bit. Uh, and also I had a good conversation with Jonah Gadgevic, a little one on one that'll i get to some interesting things that he told me. So we'll get to that on the other side. But right now, let's start a quick ad break. All right, folks, you know what time it is. We are here to talk about our favorite beer sponsor, Parallel 4.9 Beer. One of the go-to's quads. You can find this one at most restaurants, too. A lot of restaurants, I've seen it around. The Trash Panda, Simple, one of the longest-standing beers from Parallel 4.9. Highly recommend going out to try it. Not just the beers, though, but the Patio Quads. The Patio at 1950 Triumph Street. Tell the folks about
0: some food and the, the sweet little drinks on the side that I know you like. So the Muddler's Pink Lemonade is my go-to, but man, the food there, cheeseburgers, chicken, the spicy chicken burger was fantastic, sub the pickles, right, get the pickles instead of uh, jalapenos, poutine, I had, fantastic, they got some green onion in there, and it's nice and melted, the worst thing about a bad, like, what makes a poutine bad is when the cheese is not melted, this one, it's melted, and it's very, very good, so go down, check that out, the poutine, the burger, the spicy chicken sandwich, what was that last thing we got?
3: We got some wings. The, as wings, well. the wings, the Korean barbecue. But works. they're also putting a roof over there. They're working on it for the fall, so it's not oh. just going to be the patio. We got rained out the other day trying we to did. go to Parallel Four Nine, but they're putting a roof over it. Uh, the beers are always fresh. So many different beers on tap there. So go out and try some Parallel Four Nine beer. You can get it at every liquor store you can find, and also get on the nineteen fifty Triumph Street to check out the street kitchen, folks. Summer might be over, but the time to drink Squish is never over. This. Drink is taking its way into the fall, into the winter. And this is the perfect beverage for everyone. It's not one of those zero calorie drinks that has no flavor and just tastes like tonic water. These ones have some flavor, folks. Squish beverage, you can find it all over BC liquor stores, but I'm telling you, you got to do a little bit of digging. You got to go to some private liquor stores. If you find it, tweet at us about it because other listeners want to know where they can find the squish lemonade comes in a variety of flavors. My favorite. Squish Lemonade Passion Fruit or Squish Lemonade Pineapple. Kind of lean towards pineapple most of the time. So go out and find Squish at your local BC liquor stores or do some of that digging and find the Squish Lemonades at private liquor stores across British Columbia. And a big thank you to our sponsors, of course. Now I don't know how this happened. I don't know how Quads snuck him in here because I said, Quads, will give you five minutes for goalies. And he comes in here, Kevin Woodley in Goal Magazine. Kev has been going so far man We had to get
2: the hair and the non hair I had to meet quads say. with the flow and you and harm with the like
3: short beards <laughs> and matching tops You know, quads to... Quads saw you walk by and he's like I think I need a hat tomorrow because yeah. <laughs> like he's he's been at the ring, he's getting a little humidity. or I don't really know how Way it works. Way too but much. Way too much. There's a lot energy. of there's a lot going on there. Yeah, so, a lot I'm, of hair, a lot of product. It gets a little messy in here.
2: I gotta, I, I, I gotta
0: start using product because I don't use product, which is probably why this happens.
2: See, I wouldn't know what product to use, but I got two teenage daughters, so that, like mm-hmm. now that the hair is getting a little longer,
3: they're helping me out. Darn. See, all you need is a couple teenage daughters. Claws. Yeah, I'll get working on it. <laughs> all right, let's get into the goalie talk. Uh, I mean, we could keep on... No, we're not going to talk here anymore. Let's get into the goalie talk here. We had five of them on the ice today. (laughs) Um, Woodley, I guess, where do you want to start with this? I mean, I I saw... I just kind of want to get my point out there, and then let you guys take it away. I didn't think that Thatcher Demko was kind of standing out as much as I was kind of hoping he would at the first day. What what were you kind of seeing from Demko?
2: Yeah, you know, I'm going to be honest with you... um... Wasn't here for the beginning of his session. May have had to pick up some pants for Yaro Halak because his hadn't arrived from Vaughn. Um, they're en route and stuck at the NHL offices. So um, I didn't see it. I had a couple of people say he looked a little stiff. I don't really worry about first day at camp because I saw him the last couple of weeks at the pro skates and he looked exceptional. Like there were times where I was like, oh, my God, he's in midseason form. Put my money down on the Vesna right now. <laughs> like he looked great. Um, Mikey Di Pietro to me, looked exceptional in the first half of this game. We were still doing the media on the other end, but where I was standing, I could look down at the end he was in, and it was just line, you know, rush drills, like goalie's worst nightmare, guys teeing it up from below the circles, chin music, headshots, the kind of stuff that we hate. And I don't think I saw puck go in. like he was just tracking and on everything, taking it off the shoulders, catching pucks clean, steering pucks into corners. And I was like, holy crap. And about halfway through, I mean, again, a long session looked to me like he fatigued. So, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. If anybody's judging people on day one at camp outside of maybe a little fitness things with the bag skate, <laughs> that's probably a little premature. Yarhalak looked kind of stiff, too look like a goaltender that is going to have some adjustment to do to get used to what Ian Clark wants out of him, and I think there's going to be a lot of back and forth in that process. It's not going to be overnight.
3: Hey, training camp's one thing, but I'm curious now that they're going to have a preseason here, how do you think the best way to attack that is for your NHL goalies like Halak and, and you know, Thatcher Demko getting these games, but also kind of giving Mikey a shot? How do, you, how do you think the best way to play preseason would be?
2: You always hedge towards what your NHL guys want right? Like, it's it's their call. I'm sure Ian has a voice in terms of what he thinks they need, and then they'll have a say in what they want. It's about getting them ready for the season, and the reality here is, as much as everyone wants Michael DiPietro to get a shot and be an option, contractually, he's not, right? Like, he's just not this season outside of injury. He's going to be here in Abbotsford, and so your priority is making sure that Thatcher is up and running and feeling good about his game, better maybe than he felt today on the opening day of camp, and that Yarra Halak has every opportunity, something that Braden Holpe lamented not having last year, to take whatever he's trying to change within Clark and try that in a game situation so that by the time the bullets are flying for real, he's comfortable and he's not hesitant. So they're the priority. Usually that's Two and a half games, two starts and a half game, maybe three starts for Demko, and he leaves halfway through for each guy. So that gets you to five, maybe six games. I would expect we see Mikey and Silovs maybe really early in this process, and I wouldn't be surprised at all, despite having the best mask in, in camp oh, today, yeah. that we don't see Spencer Martin. The
0: Chrome mask? I'm a big fan. I'm oh, a big fan. Like, <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm, I'm... I'm I haven't seen that before, and I'm like having visions of beer league. Like if I could turn the lights up and have a chrome mask like that, mm. my best chance might be to sort of like have the glare catch shooters <laughs> in the eyes. I'm I'm picturing all the guys going to the old Ovi shield with the like glare shade to try and counteract it. That thing is sick. Do we know who designed it? Was it Gunnerson? I'm pretty sure it's Gunnerson because yeah, Dave nice. Art did his mask last year in Tampa. I, I looked it up after seeing it, and he had a similar theme in Tampa.
3: So very
0: nice. Yeah, it was sweet. You all were right. telling us I, about,
2: okay, I, I, I could have lived you know, without I'm the Tampa saying, pads. Let's say,
3: cut it here. You're cutting I don't it. want any more Woodley goaltending on the show. You know how I felt with the last podcast? Was, and he's getting comfortable in the chair over there. I was to there. I about to ask him about equipment. The chair's getting warm, boys. The chair's, chair's getting see, warm. We he haven't told... heard from Harmon yet. Look at Harmon. <laughs> he's getting all sad because Woodley's coming in here talking about freaking <laughs> goalie. Harmon's over here taking notes. He's learning. He's a student. Harmon's texting other people so he can ignore <laughs> the goalie conversation. I'm with Harm on this one. Harm's taking notes, Chris. All right, get out of here, Woodley. All right. So I'm gonna go
2: I'm gonna go pretend I have a job and maybe do some <laughs> interviews, see who survived the bag skate or not. Boys, thanks yeah. for having Check me. Check on your
3: levy for us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Is he still in the corners? <laughs>
3: <laughs> if he dies, he dies. <laughs> thanks, Woodley.
0: Cheers. All right. Uh so I for think- those that don't know, we have to talk about it. All Yolevi Levy in the bag skate, right Ooh. before we started recording this. Down in the corner, like down for the count. Like I was actually like I even said to you guys, I was like, Someone gonna go check on him? Like he was he was laying down. He was like done. And you know, it just it was not a good good scene. Yeah. Um let's
3: but, you bring know. Harm into the second half here. What do you what do you read into that harm? Just cause we we were kind of discussing here with Woodley, is it more about the skating? Is it more about your conditioning? When you see him like that, I think you have to say conditioning, right? To see the, the positions he was in after finishing there.
1: Yeah, it's also like tough. I mean, we had the conversation with Woodley before we recorded, like, and it, and again, it goes back to the OEL thing too. There's so much missing context, right? I think Yalevi probably prematurely emptied the tank in terms of his effort level on the one-on-one battle drills. Like, it's going to be a very different. Like you gotta remember before they did those bag skates, they they practiced and did all these drills. Guys are putting are gonna put varying levels of effort in, especially, you know, someone like Yulevi who's trying to make the team. So I mean there's that element. I mean, who knows how guys are feeling, you know, you he might have been sick or, or whatever. I'm not trying to make an excuse for Ole, but yeah, I mean it didn't look pretty. It's it's just I think for us as outsiders, not having the context, and this goes back to the OEL thing too, and obviously OELs wasn't nearly as bad, but I don't know. It's just tough to read specifically into what that's telling you. Um, it, it, it When when someone comes in like Pedersen or, or Lockwood and they make a strong statement,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like you can read into that a little bit, I think, because it's like they're like currently trying to stand out in a positive way. If other than that, sometimes when a guy's falling behind, it can be indicative of conditioning. It, maybe their stride isn't very efficient, but other times just maybe they tried a lot in right. in the actual battles. Well, and, yeah. I'll, I'm going
3: to have to defend you, Levy, here, of course, because this is what I do here on this podcast, but... Same thing happened to him in Victoria. But the thing that when like he was very far behind in Victoria, but the thing that happened in Victoria was they go out to stretch at the end and Yulevi couldn't even do some of the stretches. I think that was an actual injury problem yes. for that. Yeah, back then. To me, you didn't see him limping around. You didn't see him having any problems with those knees. He's had a healthy offseason. He's been able to come in and work out and, and yeah, he didn't look great obviously in conditioning, but through those drills. Like we were saying, he's matching up against Pod Coles yep. and looked pretty strong against Pod Coles in a couple times, even Jason Dickinson a few. I thought Yolevi did a fine job today, but I thought Rathbone still looked a little bit better. Rathbone was yeah. was looking good defending, but the guy we, we all want to talk about here was Luke Shen. Not only looked great in the yeah. drills today, just being physical on everyone, but Harm, you were talking about how good he looked in the skates as well, in the bag skate at the end there. He was keeping up with Rathbone as kind of the top of his group. Yeah,
1: Shen's not fleet of foot he's a big dude shut down guy um I mean his skating is ultimately what held him back from fulfilling his draft stock as a, as a high pick and not becoming a top pairing defenseman and so I naturally expected that he'd be he'd kind of fall behind but he was in the middle of the pack of his group um and especially as a veteran like a lot of times as a veteran like he signed a two year deal he wouldn't be coming here unless he knew that he's going to make the NHL team and right. So, you know, for him to kind of put that effort in, especially in the drill immediately preceding that, when he was bullying guys, I mean, it, that was a strong first impression for Shen in terms of coming into camp and, and being in top-peak physical condition.
3: Anyone else in the second group? Or do you want to get into Shen? Because I know you were pretty positive about T-Quads. You thought you liked Yeah, uh...
0: absolutely. No, like, the way Shen was moving, I was shocked like i you know like especially when you're a veteran guy you can maybe come in dog it a little bit and you know you're okay with that because he knows what he is the, the organization knows what they have in him but no he was he was hustling out there and to see him hanging with rathbone again like Harmon said near the front of that group like that's pretty good
3: yeah uh I guess out of the second group, some other names like we kind of mentioned it going into the break that we saw Garland, Miller, Pod Colson. Any of those three that we want to touch on here? Either either of you guys can step in here if you want to bring up one of them.
0: I okay. So Harmon pointed this out to me, but Connor Garland is a little slower than I thought when he's going in a straight line, and I think that's why we saw him toward the end in the bag skate. Not all the Olevi levels, but he was you know behind uh, the leaders of the group. Um, so yeah, that straightaway speed—that's something I didn't really know garland didn't really have in his game um but again so shifty and really noticeable uh today in that regard
1: maybe there's also like a technique to this if you haven't done it before right Right. because i think look at myers myers was gliding
3: through those big long strides
1: and yeah especially i think myers long long legs and, and garland um the smaller strides but also like both him and oel as a first experience kind of lagging behind a little bit like maybe there 's like a technique to this, and that 's why i i, I don 't like to read too much into um, in, into these things other than if a guy's doing cl- clearly doing really well right because if he 's clearly doing really well there 's only one one sign it 's either he 's done it before and he's his skating's looking good and he 's well conditioned but if if a guy 's not looking good, there are a multitude of injuries he could or reasons he could be banged up he could have had a rough night of sleep. He could anything, right? So just it, getting used to habits for the night before, maybe. Yeah, it's a different so place we've learned. Uh, that's kind of just my perspective on it. Yeah,
3: and I, I, I'm kind of agreeing with you here. I mean, yeah, you know, we've already seen what the videos have been doing, uh, are, are, like early on with OEL and the pictures of of levy as well. But I think it's going to be interesting to watch them bounce back tomorrow because knowing that a bag skate's probably coming again tomorrow. I still want to see a levy put it all on the line during the drills. I think those are the real important things. Yes. Yes. If he's slacking and he looks bad in the drills and he's, you know, you know, piled over in the corner and barely, he's like giving able to get up. If he's giving a hundred percent in the drills, that's still the thing that matters way more than what this conditioning looks
0: like. And let's not forget there's preseason games. Those are what really matter. Like how he yeah. performs in those preseason games is going to matter a ton, especially when he has Rathbone right on his tail as well. Sorry. Something Not to change the subject too much, something that I just noticed, and it is about goaltenders. Mikey DiPietro is being used right now to show Yarrow Halak, who's like a veteran in the league, and Spencer Martin how to properly integrate on the post because he's so good at it. He's being used as the example.
3: I was watching like they had the whole team down here doing drills. And we were, you know, we we're all watching it. And then I look over, and just the goalies were in the end working with Ian Clark, and you just see Woodley's just dialed in. Yeah, wasn't even paying attention to any player on the ice, just the goalies shuffling in the crease. Yeah, so they're getting some good timing right now. You got a lot of guys out there right now. It looks like Sanford, Clark, uh, two other shooters as well to yeah. go work with DiPietro. Pietro. Alack and Spencer Martin.
0: Yes, I've got a. I, I put the mic there, our spare mic, because now Woodley's gone. I just yeah, pointed like it looking toward at the I'm ice. saying, how loud is that coming it's in? It's nice. There? It, you know what? You know how you were talking about the old Pat Casts yeah. when Botch and JPat would record and they'd have the sound? It, it sounds like that. Now you have the, the on ice chatter, the shots hitting the glass, and. You know, players skates and everything. It's nice. You, can we
3: quickly get the that one Travis Green scream? There that was or, so funny. So Green so, was yeah, Green skating down after uh, I guess the drill didn't really go exactly as he want. As he's skating towards the crowd's only on one side here <laughs> at the Abbotsford Center, and he's just kind of does a, like a half circle. He's skating directly at the crowd. Dropping Nobody's skating.
0: Huge. No no sound coming no, from the ice. You can't
3: hear anything except for green dropping F-bomb after F-bomb as he yells at the team to figure it out for the drill. And I'm just thinking of all these kids sitting in the stands here. Like, Mommy, what does this uh, pucking mean? I'm just <laughs> worrying about some new words for these kids. They definitely heard some today. Oh, hey, man. anything else you guys want to touch on? Because there's something I want to bring up just from the one-on-one with Gadgevich. But is there anything else before we kind of close out here? So, just had a one on one with Gadjevic, uh, which was kind of nice. Good to chat with him, chat about his offseason. season. was asking him, like, hey, like, put a lot of pucks behind goalies today. Is this something that, you know, isn't just an AHL flash in the pan? Like, it seems like you're doing it consistently. Like, we kind of brought up, Demko didn't look that great in the first little bit. And I thought Gadjevic put a couple past him, kind of asked him about his offseason work. And he was just saying that the biggest thing for him was to work on skating. And that's good. That's what we've all kind of talked about for Jonah Gadjevic having to improve on to get to the NHL. And then, just another interesting note was last year, like his goal weight to be around was 215. That was his playing weight last year. And to hear him say that he knows now that his playing weight should be 205. And that's what he's coming in this year, a little bit lighter. He said he shed down quite a bit of muscle to get down to this point. So he's feeling a lot better at 205. And I think it looked, I think he looked better on the ice. I don't know if you guys picked up kind of the same, but I thought he looked a little bit lighter on his feet, just kind of in that first practice there. So it was good to see Jonah. You know, go with something where he shed ten pounds and I thought I thought it looked like it improved a little bit. I think there's a long way to go and it was just one practice, but little things, just seeing him it felt like he was a little bit lighter on his feet.
0: Yeah, caught my attention as well. Like he was one of the first guys I pointed out to you. Even in the live notebook I did for Canuck's army. He was one of the guys I pointed out. So yeah, I mean good showing from Gadgevich on day one. Again, lots of camp left, lots of preseason left. Um, final thing I want to do, and I kinda of want to do this every day with you guys as we go in here. So we're
3: not gonna be able to say the same name. But we'll go Harm first here, Quad second, and I'll go third. Who's the best guy today? Best Canuck on the ice, Harm. You mean like, Just made a nice point for themselves in a positive way. I think Lockwood for me. Lockwood's your guy just yeah. from the skating and I guess kind of all Yeah, around. just
1: the way he yeah, the, the the shape he was in, the skating, his battle level, the the drills, I thought he thought he looked really good. And quad you cannot pick Lockwood. Who was your I'm guy? gonna say Brad Hunt.
0: Brad Hunt again. The hustle level was great. See, I, I, I I saw the hustle level, but I didn't
3: see a lot else. To be one hundred percent honest, I mean, he I'm was bodying guys.
0: He was he was moving the puck well. I, he was talking to us after his uh, after Talked for Group a long a. time. Yeah, he did. He had a lot of questions toward him. They were uh, asking him why he's the greatest to ever do it, and wow.
3: yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you guys are gonna go there. I guess I'll go with. And Woodley's going to love this. I think he might even be able to see me are but I think D.P. looked good yeah. today. Honestly, like, the thing that kind of stuck out to me about those second groups was the goalies. I thought that they were kind of the best performing out of that group right off the bat. I didn't see a lot of goals be going in there. So I'm going to go with him, and just kind of what you mentioned to see the drills. It, it's been, I think, a good practice for the goalies here in Group B, and uh, hoping for a lot more tomorrow as well. I think it's going to be a fun one. Harm, thanks for joining us. We're back for Day 2. Got a little fun thing planned for Day 2 as well. I think we're just going to record the show back at the hotel because quads and i got a hotel we're staying in the same hotel as you we'll record a show but then we got a special patreon i got uh i got a whole bunch of drinks left over from my last golf <laughs> trip i got some off ice harm we'll see if we can get you on those quads, i got me. your muddlers yeah. i got some uh squish as well yeah. not lemonade though but i got some squish it's all good so we'll get that all going tomorrow do i have a little fun pre-drink yeah. patreon tomorrow
0: canucks convo or patreon.com slash canucks convo five and ten dollar tiers gets you all of the bonus content, including drinking it with Fever Harmon Corp. For
3: everybody that subscribes over the weekend or even after hearing this episode. I'll buy Harm a shot for each person that subscribes to the Patreon. <laughs> no. The harm yes. will take the shot that I buy. Yes. No. Oh, so yeah. We're need, getting so Harm to retweet this, this on Friday night. I did not agree sorry, to this. Thursday night, you're listening to this. If you want to get on the Patreon, you'll be buying Harm a you shot. You can even join $5. the $1.69 tier. The
0: sixty nine tier, it still counts.
3: Well, no. If you join the sixty nine tier, quads has to do the shot. If you join the five or whoa, ten, Harmon's doing the shot.
0: Oh, man. Well, it's everyone join the, one, the one,
3: yeah. Well, then do the one, six, seven, and Quads us, both will be doing us. the shots. Both Quads goes us. out drinking and he counts how many drinks he's having. So if we start yeah. buying him shots,
0: oh, man. All we'll right. see what happens tomorrow. All
3: right. We'll wrap things up for David Quadrelli and Harmon Dial. My name is Chris Faber, and thank you for tuning in to day one of training camp here in Abbotsford.
0: Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation, delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to
3: never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?